2: Brought to you by Look Mom No Hands and the London Bike Kitchen. Look Mom No Hands is a cycle, cafe, bar, workshop on 49 Old Street. We serve coffee, bikes and beer and food. What do you do, Jenny, from the London Bike (laughs) Bike Kitchen? London Bike Kitchen is a do-it-together bike workshop located in De Beauvoir. We teach people how to fix their own bikes through classes and drop-in sessions and our WAG nights twice a month. Come Smart. on down! My name's Alex, I'm co-piloting this tandem cycling industry comedy cast. And I'm Jenny, and I'm stoking this tandem Stoke- cycling Stoke in the flames. Com- comedy <laughs> podcast. No, because tandems have captains in the front. Stokers in the back. Yeah, oh, did not know that. I'm mean, your captain. Jenny's my stoker. Let's get stoked and I'm do this. I'm the engine pushing you. You up. are. Actually, when I used to ride a tandem, you could just take your legs off. <laughs> so you were the stoker, and I'd be on the back with my legs off, like la 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 la. My dad would be cycling the front, Why and is then it so hard. He's like, oh. And then one day I was like, I, I think I could take my hands off as well. So way feet off and my hands off and then in, my dad off? went over a bump and I just fell off my dad turned around and he's like, yeah. he was like what happened why did you and I was like uh um <laughs> we were, this is when we were at tandem mania this tandem <laughs> cycling holiday and we were cycling what? through the on a field what's tandem mania it was a, tan, a tandem cycling holiday where you camped in Wales. That's awesome! Yeah, it was really cool. We went to a quarry and had a party. Is that still there? I don't what? know. quarry parties? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nine... <laughs> Yeah, and we were cycling through the campsite, so everybody saw me being a douche. <laughs> Woo! like, you don't know everything. Look, <laughs> mum, no hands. And no feet. Smash! <laughs> My dad, like, are you okay? What's wrong? And Leslie like, I was a douche. I deserved it. <laughs> so, so, what have you been up to, Alex? I haven't <laughs> been up to as much as you this week, Jenny, but we did host a launch for Hiplock's new airlock. It's a wall-mounted bike lock slash hagger that goes indoor or outdoors mm. so check out the airlock we did the party for that and we also did a book launch check it out higher cooling it's about why cyclists like mountains mm. well I'll never know why <laughs> <laughs> fuck mountains so What have you been up to, Jenny? Well, Alex, this past weekend I was at the Cycle Touring Festival (gasps) up in Clitheroe in Lancashire, which I'd never been to. Part of the Peak District? Is that a place? The Peak District is a place. I'm not wrong. It's the peak of the districts. It was a gathering of about 200 people who really like to ride slowly and carry around their shit. A lot of sensible footwear. Please, Um, yeah, please go on Jenny's Twitter for that, because that was, like, the choice moment for me. I was like, oh, I get this now. I was like, I know exactly where you are. There's a photo of the footwear that, yeah, it's impressive. I'll put a link below. Your Jenny was like one of those little like fashion reporters at events. Oh God, I should have done like a... Yeah, you should have been like the feet of Street the... fashion. This is like a Vice article. Oh, fuck. The Next footwear, year. The Next footwear year. of the cycle touring festival. No, just fashion of the cycle touring oh. festival. Oh, man. Oh, when they bought it, out. they'd all be like, I don't know. It just appeared in my <laughs> cupboard one it's day. It's all just... No, it was all like technical puffy jackets and sandals with... Socks and shorts, cargo shorts. Can you just give us a taster of what you enjoyed at CycleFest? Yeah, so I did a, a few interviews with some lovely people, a nice spectrum of attendees, and here they are for you now. If you could state your name and why you like cycle touring,
3: I'm James Thomas. From reallybigbikeride.com. And I love Cycle Touring because of its relationship with meditation. So I like to see the journey and the the lifestyle that it uh, engenders actually is a way to live, you know? That's why I love it. So it's like cycling is a meditation. And then the way that you live on a big bike trip It's simple, and it's self-reliant, and it helps you to really prioritise life in a way that is meaningful and helpful. That's why I love bike touring. My name's Chris Goodman. Um, Uh, Gather yourself. Why do I like cycle touring? I guess it's about being able to take yourself away uh, under your own steam, carrying everything that you need to survive, and... Actually, be able to cover quite some distance if you want. That's how it differs, differs for kind of backpacking uh, for me. Um, and yeah, being able to explore, get away from roads and towns and people, especially you know the kind of off-road, and mountain biking uh, side of things, and have a complete break from normality.
1: Hi. <laughs> my name is. So my name is Anna. Gosh, getting away from everything we know, I think. And so like finding new things and doing it for long enough so you miss other things. So last time I missed my jeans. I was so happy to come back home and just put my jeans on. <laughs> that was it's it. little
4: things. <laughs> Very little, yeah. Uh, my name's Emily, and I think cycle touring means so many things to me that I could be here all day. But I think one of the the main things is it's the best way to travel because you do the traveling yourself so you're, you feel it you notice the distances you cover you're doing all the work you appreciate the places you're going through you really appreciate the people they meet because they normally give you cake um, <laughs> and uh, yeah I feel that when I've traveled any other way by bike now that I haven't actually really traveled and, you know, There's a few places I've been to by, by plane and by bus and I feel like I haven't really been there because you haven't been somewhere unless you've been through it on a bike.
0: So, exactly what Emily said. What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> um, hi, my name's Renata. What cycling touring, cycle touring means for me, it means that I can temporarily simplify my life and that's what I like about it, that I just have a few things In my panniers and that's what I live off and it really makes me relax the fact that I don't have to think about other things than my bike that my accommodation for the night so setting up a tent and sleeping in in it and then cycling the fact that when cycle touring things become kind of more simple I guess
4: I think, um, can I add to that? One thing it simplifies as well is the challenges of life. So when you're cycle touring, the challenge is, can I cover 50 miles before bedtime? Can I get up that really big hill? Which is always hard, but it's quite straightforward, really. Whereas in real life, the challenge is, How can I deal with the fact that my ex is going to that party but I sort of want to and I might offend the host if I don't go and there's all the diplomatic issue of that and that and that and all the other things. I mean, life is really complicated and the answers are never very conclusive. But on a big bike ride, the problems are things like gradients, hunger, rain and they all have quite simple solutions. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, okay. So my name is Joan McCool and I'm attending the cycling festival for the first time. I wasn't too sure what to expect. I'm, I'm a leisure cyclist rather than a touring cyclist. I don't do a lot of camping and you know going off for months because I'm still working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do enjoy the freedom of the bicycle and the possibilities yeah. that gives you. And the other thing I enjoy is just pushing myself out of my comfort zone sometimes. Yeah. just seeing how I react to that. Yeah, it's <laughs> or don't. it's a test. <laughs> I just, I find that being out on the bike just makes time expand. If I'm at home and the morning goes so quickly, mm-hmm. if I've been out on the bike for the morning, I feel as if I've been, I've had a week worth of experience. So it just stretches time for nice. me. So, that's why I love it. <laughs>
2: Okay, my name is Joe McCool, and I've been cycling all of my life, over 50 years. To me, cycling touring means a search for a kind of an authenticity. It
3: means a deep, deep exploration of our wonderful countryside, and in doing so exploring an intimacy An
4: intimacy is my favorite jo- my favorite word for this experience <laughs> it's a particular kind of intimacy trying to find that and in doing that perhaps find out something about ourselves
2: so were there any of those that really touched your heartstrings i particularly liked emily's idea of the simplifying a complicated life i feel everybody touched on that in a way but there's something satisfying about somebody saying, oh, the social bullshit, basically, of our lives, and you are out on your bike and you need to eat, you need to sleep, or you need to get up that hill. There is something really beautiful about being on a bike and having very simple, achievable goals. Back to basics. Keep Back it simple, be. stupid. <laughs> it's a kiss. <laughs> you met some nice people. It sounded like a good thing. It was. It was a very good thing. It was good. (laughs) Looking forward to next year's. You've also been up to something else, haven't you, Jenny? Yes. I have been in pain for the past four weeks from an Achilles tendon injury from my lovely Hartley Cycle. And realised that that bike, although it was custom built, wasn't really precisely measured for me and so at Karen's recommendation went to go get a bike fit with Mal from Le Beau Velo and I did that today and it was a revelation. It was actually amazing to have. It was like therapy. Um You have this real one-on-one session with someone who is listening to your problems and looking at the situation that you're in, using their professional expertise to make these really small adjustments. Um, So one of the things Mal talked about was with seat tube angles, if you're one degree off, it can make a huge difference in the comfort of the rider. So that's one of the things you have to get really precise when he's, because he fits people before they get their bikes built. Hand built, okay. And he sends those measurements to Karen to get the bikes then built to the precise size. So it's a really important step in the custom frame building process. I unfortunately didn't have that, so I'm kind of working backwards now. So you've had a bike built that you're now yeah that I'm now trying to make fit. Make a those points bit match better. up to where your points are. And so what's been happening is on long rides, I've ended up with a lot of. Pain at towards the end of the ride. So if we ride for a few hours, no problem. Approaching hour six, that's when something starts to hurt. So he refitted myself to the bike. It was great. He put me on a jig and made these really precise measurements. He took all my body measurements and checked my my range of motion. Um, he was very impressed by the fact that. When I'm riding on the hoods, I could prop my head up at almost vertical. So my chin is like horizontal with the the ground. And he said it's one of the best <laughs> head angle positions he's ever seen. I, I think maybe it's genetic, just blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> and he talks about in his bike fits, he focuses on three things, which is breathing... Um, scanning and balance or comfort on the bike and breathing, obviously. But scanning, really, really important. Our ancestors, you know, really need to scan the countryside for danger and for animals. And I guess when you're on your bike, you have to do the same thing. You have to scan for danger. If you're in a really tucked position, head down all the time, you can't scan. It's really dangerous. I've actually found I took a proficient, not a proficiency, but a little like, top-up session uh, via Mum with Digger, who runs our maintenance courses, and he did, did an interesting thing where he was like, like in a car, like, look, signal, manoeuvre. Do the same when you're on the bike, so yeah. look. But what's interesting is, I've noticed now when I do it, when I look, if you make eye contact with a car, yeah.
4: they I actually yeah, they
2: start to be a little bit more hesitant, because I watch other cyclists that, say so if you're turning left, I'll signal oh, look, and then turn left. But Mm. I see a lot of people put their hand out and then turn. And just go. And they haven't looked if there's anything there. But if you look beforehand, I've noticed Kyle's then start to pull back because you're making them aware that you're aware of them. Yeah. It actually adds this additional layer where it's like... It's communication, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, I've seen you, you've seen me, I'm going to do something now. But if you just turn without any... Yeah, the other story we had when we had this lesson was this girl went to turn right put her hand out mm-hmm. and a laureate was and clipped the end of her fingers Ooh. she didn't break them but it was like Ooh. and it was like why didn't you look before you can't just stick your hand out and mm. think it's okay but i've I have noticed that exact same thing if I actually turn to look for some reason the card notices me and maybe registers the fact that I'm taking care to look at them so they are actually gonna They'll back off a bit. My other favourite thing is to thumbs up lorry drivers. Mm. So pull them in front of a lorry, look, and give them a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, that extra that's gesture. Quite fun. Yeah, I'm like, hey! And then that way if they do it back, they've don't seen you. not feel me! Yeah, that way they've seen you. Because if you just look at them, sometimes you don't know if yeah, they've seen you. Yeah. But yeah, bike fitting was great. I'm really looking forward to applying my new measurements to my, my bike and being able to tackle really long, multiple day road journeys. Yeah, with no pain. Being better suited to your bike is important. Here's a little piece with me and Mal now. I'm here today with Mal Perez from Le Beau Velo. Mal, can you tell me, what is a bike fit?
3: My take on bike fitting is slightly different to the rest of the world. I'm I'm interested in movement and how individuals move at their optimum, and I think that's, I don't have an ideal for every person to aspire to, but I think each person has an optimum that they can move to, which reflects their life and their experience. So a bike fit, in my understanding, is making the most out of, the visibility, the scanning, your breathing, the tension and balance. I'm trying to bring those into a focus so that the individual person its basically, they're getting the best out of what they have. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to push someone to an ideal, an abstract ideal. I certainly don't have that as a... An idea.
2: Those three things that you focus on are breathing, breathing, breathing scanning, scanning, and balance, and balance. And I scanning th- is being able to just move your head.
3: Yeah, it's head and neck control. Um, I, I I think those are three important things for posture, and they stem back to our early origins as humans when we were out. Roaming the fields, as it were. Breathing, for me, is the priority. That's the one. If you you don't breathe, you're going to be dead in three minutes. The scanning aspect um, when we were roaming the fields was for our own protection. Uh, Head and neck control, um, I think, is still vital on the bicycle. So incorporating those two elements along with the balance where your limbs are working within Um, that most coordinated gives you the the ideal bike fit.
2: Your bike fit then depends on what the person wants to get out of it. Like, Do you have different types of bikes and different types of riders coming in? I'll fit
3: anyone for any type of bicycle bit, time trial, bike racing, uh, hybrids. The concepts all remain the same that that we've just referred to. Um, The execution changes a touch depending on the actual individual, I mean, the, the individual's beliefs, their experience, you know, their, their actual structure and uh, what they actually physically have will determine to what extent you can alter those uh, three elements. I'm not proposing that, look, if someone walks in and, and their head's pointed down at their toes, then I think there is a value in them being able to see the world in front of them and changing their structure. But the majority of people aren't in that type of condition. Mm. So for the majority of people, they can see the world around them and they walk. I'm not trying to turn those people into Usain Bolt <laughs> with an incredible posture. I, I think Usain Bolt has a, a posture that's fantastic for what he does. But for the rest of us, if we're not going to spend all our lives running around a track or you know who have to work at a desk then our posture changes to suit our lives and that to me is the ultimate posture something that reflects your life that's um helps you achieve your own life goals i i would recommend that people generally keep moving and that they have a variety of movement and in the long run your posture will improve by having that in your that element in your life
2: no really
4: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: I appreciated the, the bike fit today because it was, it felt like a more intuitive based process rather than kind of logical X plus Y equals Z, Z sort of thing. You've been doing this for how long? I've been self-employed for
3: nine years doing uh, bike the, fitting and the bike fitting for seven years okay. so um, so you've seen a
2: lot of people's bodies
3: y- yeah and also um, over the course of the seven years I think even my as our understanding of movement improves even my thoughts on it have changed over the years and I think it will I expect it to continually evolve um, I'm. From what you've seen today, I I know that you realise that I'm involved with a lot of movement people around me. I'm also studying for my sports therapy, so um, all of these aspects and, you know, wider influences are, I'm forever taking them in and taking a look at what's out there and evaluating. So it's it's a changing, it's not, I'm not stuck in one, cell. I expect it will in some ways keep developing and moving.
2: Sounds like a philosophy for life. (laughs) Appreciate it. Thank you. That's right. And how can we find out more about Mal? Mal is at Lebeauvelo. They're based in Shoreditch. You can find them at lebeauvelo.co.uk and that's L-E-B-E-A-U-V-E-L-O.co.uk. We'd like to welcome our guest. Can you please say
0: your name and where you come from? My name is Dalani Watkins, and
2: I come from Assos of Switzerland. Have you come from Switzerland,
0: but the UK version of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to know the history of you. What were you history doing before mm. you went to Assos? Because this is a relatively new. Well, start? I've been no, I've been with no? Assos since
0: we set up a sales and branding office in. 2015. Okay. Yeah. So before that, I was working in PR agencies. So I've always been working in PR. And yeah, I was just working in different kinds of agencies for about four or five years. And then got into cycling. And then heard about this position of combining
2: cycling and PR. I thought that would be quite enjoyable. So that's how it happened. I'm jumping a bit ahead then. But what was the position that was advertised then? Because ASOS has that reputation of you know the woman holding her covering her nipples (laughs) like it was really not female friendly yeah Um, and but I heard that like a new chief exec came Mm on board and was going to change everything and
0: well so basically going back a bit the brand took the distribution in-house so we were previously distributed through somebody else and then we set up a sales and branding office in the UK there's there's four of us in the team and then we we set up the set up the office and then my role became available through setting up the office and then yeah there was a big kind of shift in in marketing after the company was bought by an american investor phil duff so he he bought the company and his his kind of idea behind the whole yeah the change in marketing from you know the lady with the
2: <laughs> Stiletto heels and oh bib shorts
0: and, and it must be hard
2: out. though I think because we did you did an event at Look Mum No Hands mm. which is all a part of this which you can't I guess you can't forget the past but it's just important to move on mm. yeah and I think that was exactly
0: that was exactly the point of the event at Look Mum No Hands was to say like this is what we've you know this is what we what we've done in the past. But moving forwards, you know, you can't change the fact that all these images are on the internet because such is the nature of the internet. Um, But moving forwards, this is the imagery we're going to be using. And then, so we started working with Julia Elliott, who's, you know, a great ambassador for us. And she, you know, all over the website, all over all of our marketing materials. And we do actually still use the model that we used before, but she's got a lot more
2: clothes on this time. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I guess now we could go into... Can you tell us Mm, about the the history history? of ASOS? Yeah. Maybe those who don't know or those who are aware because it's been around for quite a long time.
0: Yes. So, Brand was founded in 76 by Tony Meyer, who invented the first carbon frame bicycle.
2: Oh, wow.
0: Wow. So, yeah, pretty cool. And he basically was doing all this kind of wind tunnel testing with the bicycle and realised that the woolen clothing that he was using was really heavy and was meaning that people weren't particularly aerodynamic and weren't particularly fast. So he then went on to working with lots of different materials and invented the first Lycra shorts. So a lot of people know us as, as the shorts company, but then, you know, the brand has expanded hugely to mm-hmm. cover all sort of, all bases, really. But yes, yeah, a Swiss brand based in Lugano in Switzerland. Lots of R&D takes place, well, all of the R&D takes place um, in the Swiss
2: headquarters. The wind tunnel. Yeah, the wind tunnel. <laughs> Can you give our listeners a brief history of the Assos man? Uh, where did he come from? What's he up to now? And what is his name? Okay. appreciate sure we're very famous for the Assos man.
0: So his name is Andrea Zamboni. And he's a lovely chap. Very, very good triathlete. He's won lots and lots of races. He's he's very famous for his his Assos pose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the idea behind it is that you're... In that pose, you're in the bike position. With a lot of our clothing, or with all of our clothing, it's designed to fit when you're on the bike, in the riding position, as opposed to kind of being like standing up. in a cafe. So his, his role is to, yeah, when they're taking photos, is to be in the right position so that you can see how the product looks. Yeah, I mean, we've
2: done various competitions. You did a great one at Ruler Classic, and yeah. it was come and do your best assos man, and yeah, you'll win a great. prize. Yeah. And it was, I love that. It's really good to embrace it. You're just yeah. like, yeah, come and stand here, pretend you're on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> but he still. I mean, we had
0: a, we had a big meeting in Switzerland last week, and they present the product for the next season. And he comes up on the stage and he does his does his
2: and he does, does his, his thing. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna do it now. How long has he been doing it
0: for? Him? Um quite a while. If I look back in the sort of images from the past, it's it's gonna yes, yeah, it's, it's a long time. He is the ASOS now. A lot of yeah, time in amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's such a nice
2: guy. Assos had a kind of reputation for good kit but poor portrayal of women's clothing. So we wanted to know about your ongoing strategy.
0: Well, I think the, the big thing for us was, the, well, the first step was to change the marketing. As with all of our products, they take a long time to develop. So you're talking kind of four or five years to develop a product. So it was a case of saying, right, well, we've changed the marketing and now we need to get the ball rolling with creating the products. So from this winter, we've got lots and lots of more women's products. And the idea is to, or the, the sort of strategy is to create a lot more women's products in line with you know because we've got a lot of men's products and we want to have the kind of a good split of, of women's products as well and yeah working with lots of different um female um ambassadors to within different countries to represent the product and across different disciplines as well so not just kind of road biking but mountain biking and cycling across and all that kind of stuff
2: that's cool yeah. will it involve the women's track league and i saw that you've ridden in it
0: yes yeah yeah, yeah. i do some riding as well the women's track league is is actually really really cool so basically, I kind of popped down there because it's by my house and just saw that they were, you know, doing lots of work on the pavilion and... Um, this
2: They've done the pavilion yeah, up now. Really they bit...
0: Yeah, because I popped down... When I, when I popped down there, it was kind of... There was a little, a few seats down there or a kind of... Like a platform to sit on, but it was all kind of crumbling away. And, and then I spoke to the guys down there and then asked them, you know, what, the, what they were up to and they said about the Women's League. And basically, it's a great way to kind of to encourage more women to get into into racing. Because I, it was interesting from my perspective because I wanted to start racing and I had no idea how to actually do it. So I spoke to my colleague and I was just like, I want I, I just don't know what to do, so how, do I, how do I do it? And he said, well, you need to decide what you want to be doing, what kind of racing you want to be doing. And then, yeah, go down there and, yeah. and work it out. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds so simple God, now, but it's do actually it. so you know, it, it can it can be a bit of a minefield. Yeah. So yeah, I went down there and spoke to the guys and they said that they were that there was a women's league and, you know, we kind of spoke to the guys in the office and said that we something we could sponsor. And wow. I think it's it's important for ASOS as well to go to be working with from the sort of grassroots level as well. Because obviously, you know, it's it's a very kind of high end brand, but it's interesting for us to work from yeah, from the grassroots level up really. You know, any women can go along there and join any you do your induction on the track. And then you do a, a training accreditation, and then you can start racing. And it's such a good atmosphere down there as well. Um, and we're doing a deal at the moment where if you um, sign up for all of the races on, or four out of five of the races online, and race them for this season, then you get a pair of big shorts.
2: Oh, get their bib yes. That's pretty that
0: good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can go into our go into our London store and get a fitting, and
2: that's amazing. That's, that's really, really
0: encouraging. So good then course.
2: when are they? You you got date? Or oh, we can just say we'll link below the comments. um.
0: So it's Asos London Women's Track League Yeah, yeah. the next ones on the tenth of June.
2: You did one of them. Or... Uh, I've, done, I've done. I've done all of them. You do actually. all of them. Yeah, yeah. So you've done like, the bib and... so Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> I want to be
0: everywhere. Me, <laughs> me, me. <laughs> It's so fun. It, it's just, yeah, the, the the girls down there, there's, there's three categories. No, two categories. But they've had double the amount of ent- women entering this year to how they had last year. Awesome. Um, so they split the second category up into two. And everyone's just kind of like, mm, don't really know what's going on. Like, it's it's, you know, it's really kind of... Yeah, entry level racing, but um, really nice atmosphere, and you yeah, get free jelly babies
2: as well. So, <laughs> nice. Yes. <yeah>. Me! Nice. <laughs> this is all good. Jelly babies and bib shorts. Yes! Yeah. Isn't there a jelly baby pocket on the shorts? Like, you know, in like proper racing shorts, there's a pocket somewhere for like a radio to go into. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. then they joke that you're not on a team, so we're not going to use that for radio. You can just stick jelly babies in there. Just put it in jelly <laughs> That's so do your bib have a jelly baby holder, yeah? Well, apparently. I mean, I wasn't aware of this. Four years' <laughs> time. There You'll you be go. Like, yeah. Your jelly babies. Well, it's kind of like when you get to the end of a
0: sport team and you just go in your pockets and you're like, all this gloop. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's this?
2: <laughs> so what would you like to see happen in the cycling industry?
0: I think that generally it would be good to see more women in the cycling industry, generally. Um, and I think that things you know, I think what you're doing at London Bike Kitchen is is great for that in terms of encouraging more women to be able to know what to do with their bikes because i just come back from an event this weekend and, you know, this, uh, there was a group of about 30, maybe 40 of us. Majority of the girls said, don't know what to do with it, but I'm one of them. Like, just, you know, I have a bike and I like it, but I don't really know what to do with it. And I think that there's this kind of, like lack of confidence with that and Mm -hmm. with a lot of women but i think that that comes hand in hand with more women getting involved in the bike industry and if from a brand side as well if you think about from the product development through to the end consumer being in the shop like you need to have if it's women's products you need to have women all along that chain Mm -hmm. you know and particularly working in bike shops so that so that other women end consumers can go in and say okay, you're a woman, you might have actually tried this product as opposed to talking to a guy who's not going to understand and is just talking from what the brand's told him. It would be great to see more women in the bike industry generally.
2: And can you tell us about the London store?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we opened, that opened in November and it's, yeah, it's a pretty big space, really cool space on Regent Street. If you're ever in the area, definitely pop in. Um, you did say you were going to come and bring I'm your actually I just cake remembered now and I said I would bring cake it. and I never
2: did it <laughs> Shame. shit, I've been called out I better do it now
0: Shame. <laughs> um, but no the space is cool and we've got um, uh, the changing room has got um, a bike in there so you can go and try all the kit on and get a personal fitting from the guys in there um, and we've got an exhibition, uh, Michael Bland's got a photography exhibition on at the moment in the top of the store so yeah, that's definitely worth. His work is amazing. Well.
2: Actually, we had an exhibition of his at Look Mum a few years ago. I don't know who this is. So he's a photographer. He photographs um, just incredible climbs,
0: basically like cycling climbs. He yeah, sometimes from a helicopter, sometimes from down on the ground. And he did a event at the store recently, and just kind of gave us like all these inside tales of you know dropping cameras down the <gasps> down the climbs and oh all these yeah God. all these really cool <laughs> stories. Um, but his, his, he's got this book called Mountains, um, which has just got the most incredible photography in there. So, yeah, there's sort of much bigger versions of that up in the store at the
2: moment. Thank you so much, Delany. And how can
0: we stay in touch with you? Uh, yeah, the best way, um, you can f- definitely follow us on Twitter. The easiest way is assos underscore London. And the same for Instagram as well.
2: Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> So now, we are getting out the Ouija board. Oh, oh, no. oh It's tingling. <laughs> Actually, we have a fidget spinner Ouija board. How does spin it... to each letter? Richard's spinning from beyond the spirit. grave. Richard, Richard is spinning in his grave. <laughs> he probably is. He missed out on the cycle touring festival. He was there in spirit. He was in those shoes. So we're getting out the fidget spinner Ouija board. <laughs> keeps moving. It's moving to the no. <laughs> Jenny is holding it in her hands. A slightly yellowed book from the 70s. We read from this book. My mum bought it for me from a charity shop. It is Richard's Bicycle Book. A manual of bicycle maintenance and enjoyment. With Richard Ballantyne. It's completely revised and enlarged version illustrated by John Batchelor. <gasps> Bachelor, Batchelor John. So we read a section from this book, and we found that a book from the 70s is still relevant today. Today I will be reading from chapter 9, entitled Touring. There is a quote at the beginning. A merry heart goes all the way, your sad tires in a mile, eh? By Shakespeare. Touring is the real joy in biking. The only better way to see the country is to walk or roller skate. A bike has advantages in mobility and luggage carrying, however, and the aesthetic sacrifice is not too great. Touring can be done in a tremendous variety of ways. You can go for an afternoon's jaunt or spend a summer or more travelling thousands of miles. You can go as a self-contained unit with your own camping gear or ultra-light and stay in inns, guest houses, hostels, and hotels. I almost saw brothels. (laughs) you can count the miles traveled or concentrate on the scenery yeah can I just Jenny can you just highlight (laughs) that it says yeah in brackets in parentheses with an exclamation mark yeah your journey can include transit by auto, bus, train boat and plane so that you can hop from one interesting place to another you can have a plan or absolutely none at all Touring is a call to adventure, beauty, new sights and experiences. There is no right way to tour, each to his or her own. Richard, hello, we're not (laughs) trying to be... Don't assume gender. (laughs) The Ouija board is shaking. (laughs) Fidget spinner spinning. I said learn from the grave, Richard. (laughs) It's up to you to decide where and when you want to go and what sort of equipment you expect to need. Well, oh, that was an informative reading, Richard, and it's quite important because we've got some new classes at LBK. They've just been posted. New um, class alert! New class alert! First one is touring maintenance. So we address issues that could come up on the road that could hold you back. So you got to fight those things. With you got to fight the road back. You know, fight the road. <laughs> i beat the road up with my own fist. Beat the road down. Covering things like uh, snapped cables, ripped tires, broken spokes. And so we cover those things in a three-hour class. It's taught by Nelson. And our other class that we're doing is called Introduction to Mapping. And Sean, he is LBK member number 105. So he is an early adopter. He is an avid cycle tourist. And he fucking loves his maps. (laughs) Like He fucks loves, maps. He doesn't fuck them. Cool. But he, he loves, loves them. them. No, that's much better. <laughs> and he will be teaching the class and talking about the different ways to map your trip using paper maps as well as GPS and phone apps. I'm actually really looking forward to that one because I know nothing about it. I've been using Google Maps in the past and they have sent me down some fucked up routes. Yeah, Google Maps sucks. That's awesome. We'll put a link below. Coming up at Look Mum No Hands, we'll be screening Criterium du Dauphiné live. It's from the 4th to 11th of June on the big screen. Also on the 7th of June, we'll start screening the OVO Women's Tour. And on the 8th of June, go... I'm, I'm pointing to the calendar. <laughs> go and fucking vote. Go and vote. <laughs> Please go vote. We're talking to... A little sneak peek for next week, we'll be talking to Sarah Connolly, pro-women cyclist. Fanatic? Yeah, she is a She's hardcore. <laughs> we'll be talking to Sarah about the women's tour. If you like what we're doing, please like, leave us a review, or subscribe. subscribe. Thank and you so much for your kind feedback. Yeah, you were well. all really lovely. Please it's... share with your friends. Please tweet. Please use our hashtag. Hashtag with suckers podcast. Share the love. We'll share the love back. We Mwah. love all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.